Welcome back to episode 55 of the Block Runner Podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I am your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman. And on this very special podcast, we bring you Federico Molina, the Chief Marketing Officer of Decentraland. Here are just a few things we discuss on today's interview. First up, we discuss an inside look at what the launch was like from the inside. Next, we figure out what the focus is for the team after launch. Then we reveal our latest earnings with Metazone.io. And finally, Federico gives us his final message to anyone standing on the sidelines to contribute to the metaverse. All right, let's listen in. What's going on, Willis? And today we bring you a very, very special guest, Federico Molina, uh, CMO of Decentraland. And so he's joining us today to talk about everything, you know, with Decentraland launch to our opinions on the builder. And uh, welcome, Fede. How are you doing, man? Thanks. Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite. Um, I'm hoping to answer as many questions as I have. Yes. And uh, before we get started, we actually sent a bunch of questions to Federico. And uh, some of those questions are probably a little, you know, hard in the sense, but really we want to make this into a conversation. So let's kick this conversation off with um, make sure that we're on the same page uh, with Decentraland and what we're doing with the Block Runner and Metazone. We want to make sure that you guys know we want the same things that you guys want. Mm -hmm. Right. We want people to come back to Decentraland and either play games or just interact with, you know, anything that's been developed on the land itself. And we just want to establish to make sure that we're on the same page and these questions are more to figure out, you know, what Decentraland is thinking, what we're thinking, and make sure that our goals are aligned, right? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of kind of what we're thinking with these questions. So um, I want to get your first thoughts on the whole launch of Decentraland. I think on your blog post, you had like 12,000 visitors. Um, you you uh, ended up giving away like 700,000 mana or something like that. So so give us your take on the launch. I think that attendance-wise, it was very successful. Uh, we had 14K active users in the span of less than a week. So that was uh, really, really positive. And where I think we could have done a better job is on support. Um, because there are a lot of transactions were failing with the chest and, and, and people were getting a lot of doubts and, and didn't know how to, how to retrieve the rewards or how to get the rewards. And we didn't have a, a solid support in plan. So things were kind of unorganized and we were answering as, as much as we could in Discord, email, and other channels. So I think that's a big learning for, for the next time. But uh, we are we are pretty happy with the with the with the outcome. Mm. Do you see the chest um, launch event being something that happens every now and then? Is that something that Decentraland wants to pursue? I think uh, it, we don't have any in the in the foreseeable future, but it's I think that it's a it's a good uh, incentive for people to shine and and to have fun and inside the central and so mm -hmm. i don't really doubt for the future okay um so with the the launch now kind of like you know in the past you, what what is the focus for decentraland now we're we're big readers of the roadmap so we know everything that's going on mm -hmm. the roadmap 
but I want I want to get bigger picture sense of what the the focus is for the team in terms of like, do you want to get players to come to the land or do you want to attract developers? I mean, what's the focus? I think the focus at the moment is um, making the center an engaging social experience so people can hang out and and make friends in the center and be able to to play with their friends. And while at the same time in showing uh, quality content, engaging content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so those are the the focus. How do you how do you achieve this? Well, we need to work a lot on the product itself to offer uh, social capabilities, and better performance, uh, better uh, also capabilities for the developers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think the, the 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 main focus is, like I said, for for the next quarter, is is, is making the central like a, an enjoyable uh, social experience. Mm, okay, so um, do you do you foresee the Decentraland being a place where people can earn, you know, uh, passive income, or what? Like, what's the end goal do you see for Decentraland? Like, what in ten years? What do you see people doing in Decentraland? Yeah, I, I'm no futurist, <laughs> but. Um, I think that uh, everything I said would be like uh, a wild guess, but uh, I think by by ten years, I I envision the central with uh, like millions of users and and no not a single use case, but like a lot of use cases. Uh, okay. Some of them we are we're starting to see now, like the the art galleries, uh, like the casinos, uh, more advanced experiences. Uh, I don't know clans, groups. Sure. Uh, so a lot of things. I I, I, w- I could go on forever, but if you tell me what's the what will be the biggest use case, I can't really tell you. I would be lying to you. Yeah, I think we we kind of and we, we, yeah we kind of have this discussion all yeah. the time because you guys are kind of like the. I want to know if you're the first. If Decentraland is the first actual. Um, proof of concept of what a decentralized application is. I mean, there's probably others out there, but this 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 is probably the biggest scale example of what a decentralized application looks like. Mm-hmm. So we're always having internal conversations of like how, <clears throat> how much responsibility is on Decentraland teams end as far as like delivering the future of the product. Is it more mm-hmm. on the shoulders now of, of the community? You know, you guys already launched your DAO. Um, yeah. yeah. I know. think that um, starting from the public launch, a mm-hmm. lot of responsibilities is being transferred to the DAO and to the community. Uh, to give you an example, the DAO now owns all core smart contracts and is responsible for any change in the future protocols and will start ramping up with more and more responsibilities and more and more decisions. So that's that's uh, that's why it's so complex to also um, foresee a few, what what's going to be in the future because yeah. it will be the decision of of the community itself also. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, try, trying to answer the ten-year question is tough for everybody because when Ethereum first launched in uh, what was it, 2013? 2014, somewhere 2014, around there. Yeah, nobody could have envisioned the DeFi ecosystem, yeah. right? Nobody exactly, could, yeah. could. Nobody could envisioned NFTs or STOs or STOs, ICOs. Or, well, I guess ICOs were kind of like a given from the beginning, but yeah. The point is, the platform was created, and then the community came afterwards, and you know that's whenever yeah. the world innovation started happening. That's exactly right. So yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you can correlate like this. Uh, we're basically in those 2014 phase era of this type of uh, metaverse experience. So 
Yeah, so and, and we are focused on, and the committee is also focused in improving it in, in the, like more in a short-term vision, like thinking of the 10 year, I think it won't, uh, it won't be useful at the moment for the, for the product itself. But it's a nice exercise to have, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because um, kind of like what Iman was saying, essentially that we can't really know what, what the future holds for a lot of these platforms mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. the community is responsible for building them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I want, I, so we, we have to sort of come to like a, an agreement in, cer in terms of the goal mm -hmm. as are we, should we focus on developers or should we focus on the gen gen general player? Um, like, because... Yeah, there's like a chicken and egg scenario right now. Yeah, because like, how do you attract players if there's no content? And then mm -hmm. how do you attract developers if there's no way to sustain developers mm -hmm. creating, you know, creations? Mm -hmm. So, so I think, mm -hmm. I think there's got to be a collective force on both our part, because like I, like I said earlier, we're on the, we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. We want exactly yeah. what you guys want is more people coming into Decentraland. Mm -hmm. And, and my opinion is that if, if the platform, Decentraland, and us, you know, our activities focus on bringing on developers, mm -hmm. um, I think we can achieve a higher daily active user rate than, than what we're currently seeing. Mm -hmm. because, yeah, after, because after it launched, we saw a lot of, a lot of activity on our, on our, our parcels, mm -hmm. and uh, as well as our, our hosts who are deploying our games. Mm -hmm. And after that week, um, it sort of dropped off the cliff, which mm -hmm. we sort of expected. Yeah, but now the activity should be is like, what should we both be focusing on? Is it developers or is it players? And in my opinion, I think it's developers. So, is is that also a focus for your team as well to bring on developers to create content? Yeah, it's improving the product for players and also um, improving the tools for developers. Like, it's kind of a trade off that you. It's it's something. It's a challenge that a lot of of platforms. Uh, uh, that arises for a lot of platforms, like uh, they have a demand and offer side, and in some point you have to choose which one to subsidize. Um, that's why we are seeing uh, we are working with some creators with a creator program that um, we'll see them working on on long term, on a more long term vision of their of their of their experiences. So sure. when those experiences are in place, uh, people can also so players can 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 enjoy the world, uh, enjoy the world more, um, and yeah, so on. So it's like you say, there's no recipe, but uh, you have to pick a side which mm -hmm. one to subsidize and, and go from there. Right, right. So <clears throat> I I would be going against our community by not asking this, but you know why okay. why focus on the builder? Like, what's the vision behind the builder? So the builder lets people that um, do not have uh, abilities to code or or such or artistic skills develop to to build things inside the world. At, at the moment, it's not uh, very very sophisticated, so you cannot make a lot of engaging experiences. But the idea is to evolve this into a product where you you would be able to to do uh, engaging scenes. Mm -hmm. Engaging in what way? Um, because you know, engaging basically it's um, so they they will have replay value. People want like play once and then drop off and never come back. Mm -hmm. That's what we mean by engaging. Okay, um, so let's let's walk through a scenario. <clears throat> so 
so we're thinking that if a you know a few years down the line somebody creates you know something with the builder and deploys it on their land, mm-hmm. we we can't foresee a scenario where said creator builds this scene and it be worth the effort to build on on and and deploy on their land, and I, I think the it seems like the builder doesn't really have the intended, um, I, I guess, goal in like having the replayability. I mean, yeah, you can connect a leaderboard to it, <clears throat> but the the actual content that can be deployed with the builder, a, as far as I can tell for right now, doesn't have that replayability. And because we've seen people build stuff and, and deploy them, but there's there's no reason to come back. Is it is it really because there isn't that functionality built into the builder yet? Is like, is yeah, that, exactly. Is yeah, that your opinion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is the builder to be a lot more robust uh, in the future, allowing allowing also developers to use it, and and uh, maybe they want to build some code inside outside the builder, but then they use the builder to plug in things uh, east more easily. So if you look at the builder right now, yes, it's very challenging to to build something with replay value. I think. There have been some cool creations though in the past, but yes, it's it's very time demanding and very hard. Mm-hmm. But it's something that we that 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 sits in the roadmap to 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 improve the the functionalities and the robustness. Yeah, it. I mean, I um, I understand like the purpose of the builder, and I understand it's like it's really to help uh, you know engage the player base in in creating stuff. Uh, I just don't see a a, a way that we can. That, that the builder could be upgraded to have that replayability compared to what you could get out of the SDK. Now, I know that, you know, the SDK requires actually coding experience and, and it requires a, a certain tier of, of a person to contribute to a world where it's only based in the SDK. But if you go back to when the internet was first created, there was no such thing as a no-code a website builder, right? It was all like develop, developers were creating the internet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same case for Decentraland. If we focus, I think if we focus our resources on attracting and making the SDK better versus making the builder better, I think we'd have a better return on investment um, focusing on the yeah, SDK. But um, focusing on the builder, improving the builder doesn't mean that we are not going to improve the SDK at the same time. So you are attacking the, uh, the, the problem uh, from two different fronts. Sure. And to give you an example, there's Roblox, which has a, a very robust editor, and people build cool things with, with it. Yeah, Roblox. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Roblox is, is uh, you basically make games without touching any, you know, development tools. The Who's making these games, though? The, uh, the community is. The community are. Yeah. And then they're launching these games. Yeah, and they're launching them. Okay. That's true. I mean, that's something that I haven't really considered that Roblox is like uh, a builder, mm-hmm. but a robust one. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I don't know. I, 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 need, I would need to see this. I would need to see like a, a robust version of the builder. to. Really yeah, I think I just think the difference is, you know, it, it doesn't cost anything to create a Roblox creation. In, in Decentraland, there's, la- there's land investment required to do anything. That's if true. you're trying to uh, contribute any kind of creation to the metaverse... You either have to first invest in this land. So does it make sense to experiment with, uh, you know, uh, essentially the, the reason why we, we ask these questions is in the focus of our platform, MetaZone, is mm-hmm. we identified a problem early on that 
me as a landowner, when I first bought my land at Central Land, I was th- figuring out, okay, I just made a pretty significant investment. How am I going to make some kind of return on this? Mm-hmm. And there's a large community of people who are asking these same questions, you know, because this isn't like some small chunk of money. This is actually a significant investment. That's right. Uh, so our focus is providing some type of revenue model for landowners to deploy. Mm-hmm. So that's why we kind of like back, we're always back and forth with the builder, whether or not it makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's being proven today, at least that there isn't much return uh, for, with the builder. Yeah. And, and I think given enough like resource support into the builder, I guess I can see it actually being yeah. worth the investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's hard for us to like really, you know, get behind the builder because it just doesn't, yeah. we, we, we just don't see it yet, but but there is a use case, you know, mm-hmm. with Roblox uh, where a builder, you know, does have some value. Mm-hmm. But we have that added, you know, kind of nugget of like variability in the sense that you have to buy land mm-hmm. in order to, to do anything with it. Yeah. And so it's not the same with Roblox, mm-hmm. right? People can experiment relatively for free. Like mm-hmm. They're spending their time making games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there there is not that initial investment where it becomes critical to actually make, mm-hmm. an, you know, some sort of income yeah. with your land. Yes, um, on the other hand, there's a lot of, of community members willing to to list the land or rent it for free. Uh, so I think the, the initial land investment is not a real blocker. If you if you I think you can you can work it out um, with various ways. Um, I'm sure that the DAO will will also uh, lend some land or lease it. So yeah, I think. Uh, the, the the blocking point is more on the capabilities at the moment of the product sure. than on the land itself. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's uh, move on from the the builder and the SDK uh, stuff. So, um, uh, have you guys looked into what we're doing with MetaZone? Remind me again. So 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 MetaZone is an application that we made uh, that helps helps landowners generate passive income with our games. So okay. they so we made four games and landowners buy those games, deploy them on their land, and encourage people to play, right? And so the the idea here is that each time players, you know, get on get get into these games, they have to pay ten mana. And a portion mm-hmm. of that mana goes into the daily pot and then the monthly pot. And so there's an mm-hmm. incentive for players to continue playing these games to win those prizes, right? Yes. And and so the the basis of the MetaZone platform is to uh, make it easy in a few clicks for a landowner to buy, mm-hmm. invest in a game, yeah, deploy that game in a land on a on a piece of land, and and earn passive income. And so that's that's why I say is like we're we're sort of wanting the same things in, in increasing oh, the yeah. daily active user, because if the daily active users are down, then our hosts, our partners, are not you know generating any income, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so I, my question is: is does is Decentraland the team in a position to continue investing in their in their community members that are contributing to the world? Is that is that part of like what you guys have on on a roadmap, if you will? Or is that yeah. like uh, something that the DAO is responsible for? I know there's funds allocated to the DAO. Mm-hmm. I think it's around two hundred and two hundred million yeah. around that area. Correct? Yeah. Two 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 hundred twenty two million. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the 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 shiniest example of this is the like the creator program that we haven't launched yet, but 
I'm pretty sure it will go through the EEO and it will award grants uh, provided they meet certain the teams meet certain milestones. They will be awarded uh, uh, monthly grants to to fund their projects. So okay. yeah, it's in. I think it's in the in the world's best interest to to fund the the creators and help them uh, develop their their experiences. Okay. Um. So, I guess the the only way to get um some of that that some of that investment money would be to go through the DAO. So there isn't an opportunity to do that now. How soon will the DAO be up in order to make the pitches? And The, da- the DAO is already up at the moment. Well, I'm, uh, I'm saying like for, for use. Like when can we start making those pitches for that investment? Yeah, you will be allowed very, very soon. Uh, I don't have any specific date at the moment. Okay. But it will be very, very soon. Okay. Okay. No, that makes sense. <clears throat> because one of the we want to talk about one one um, iteration of what this pitch might look like. So, but before that, um, there's ahead. other there's other operations that the DAO that we've heard of is responsible for. One of the big ones is uh, NFT uh, permissions. We have yeah, a lot of developers true. who have been asking, you know, that they want to contribute and create their own wearables or their own NFTs for the marketplace, but they don't have any idea how to do that yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you can kind of elaborate or explain to us what's the NFT creation pathway for any kind of outside developers besides, you know, the Decentraland team. Sure. So the team is working on this product. I know it's been highly asked by the community. Yeah. But we are figuring out the specific me- mechanics uh, so needed. So, and all these NFTs go through the, the DAO before approval. Uh, so basically, that, that's the answer, figuring out the mechanics. But they will most likely go for the DAO before being added to, to the center run. Mm. Yeah, but so you don't, you guys don't know the mechanics. You just right, like, uh, what's the actual process? Is, is there is there like a an application form? Yeah, that these guys have to fill out. Yeah, we are working on on them. I cannot give you specific okay. mechanics at the moment because sure. it would be irresponsible from my part. Sure, uh, sure. I want to have everything uh, uh, figured out before before communicating. But okay. uh, it's something that we're working on. Okay. Yeah, because one of the things that we learned, um, and as you know very well, Federico, is is the fact that its ideas are free, right? Anybody sure. can come up with a really, really good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the determining factor of whether it makes sense or uh, the success of any idea is the ability to execute. Yeah, and, I agree. And and that's I think that is the the filter between a good idea and, and a successful idea mm-hmm. is the ability to execute. So that's that should be one of the criterias in in terms of the determining who who can be whitelisted into creating NFTs. But also, so what is the why why did uh, Decentraland deter- decide to go down this path instead of like a more free market open system where anybody is uh, yeah. able to upload? their own creation and then let the market determine, you know, what has value and what doesn't like, uh, how, what is the governing process going to be like for d- d- deciding which, uh, NFT creators are, you know, mm-hmm. fight listed, like you said, I think that, um, the first approach could be, will be the, the, the AO, but this doesn't mean that the community might vote, uh, on opening up, opening up for other, oh, for other, uh, Alternatives. I sure. see. So basically, you're allowing mana holders and land ho- uh, holders to to make a decision. It's like, hey, do we make this a free open market, 
mm-hmm. or do we just create this white listing, you know, yeah, like method? For now, it's going to be um, what Decentraland has determined it to be, right? But that doesn't mean it's set in stone. There's always that ability for it to be uh, altered Changed. in the future. Right. Okay. Yeah, so right now, um, we'll, we'll increasingly, like I said before, see a lot of decisions go through the DAO um, instead of them being like more uh, coming from the team. I think that's that's one major change after the public launch. Okay. Um, so going back to uh, the, the DAO and, and sort of um, one of the pitches that we thought of was kind of, um, I don't know if you heard that, the uh, the decentralized finance community, the DeFi community, they announced that they're supporting games now. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that. No, uh, yeah, a, yeah. So, so what happened? What happened was the DeFi community is now starting to support games, mm-hmm. and uh, well, one of the iterations that we thought of that could that could help both Decentraland and us is a way where let's say the DAO funds our daily and monthly pots. And the way that they fund it is through compound finance. And mm-hmm. so you would stake, let's say, a million dollars worth of mana into, into compound, right? And this million mana can be taken out at any time by, by the DAO, right? If the DAO decides we don't want to fund these pot mechanics anymore, you just take it out, mm-hmm. right? So... The, the million mana at 8% roughly generates around $2,400 per year of, of interest money. And so if you divide that up per day, that's roughly around 200 to 300 mana per day for, for funding these daily pots. And, uh, and, and so we figured that if, if, we can, if we can get this across to the DAO and, and get this voted in, uh, that would create a much larger daily active user base than what we currently have now. Because right now, on, on the day of the launch and uh, the week of the launch, we average roughly 100 to 200 mana for the daily pot on our games. Mm-hmm. And and if we can average, you know, 200 to 300 daily pot, we might see similar numbers uh, in terms of daily activity, daily active users um, from here on till for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we feel like people are going to want to come back and play for those prizes at the very least, and then of course, we do have we have hosts who are who deployed our game, and they're they're putting up their own money, their own NFTs for their own tournaments on their own land, mm-hmm. and so this is happening on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and so we feel like if we can have you know that investment from the DAO uh, to to and this is this is a a no loss investment mm-hmm. you get the million dollar principal back mm-hmm. and the interest on that principal is what funds the pot mechanic mm-hmm. in the in the monthly so um, there's a few things that are being accomplished by doing this for one it's it's a good marketing effort on decentraland's behalf exactly. because all of a sudden you're integrating de- decentralized finance into the ecosystem which de- defi movement is is probably one of the biggest movements in in cryptocurrency right now yeah and they're looking for ways to branch you know will just said they just literally announced a couple of days ago a gaming initiative like for people to figure out how to integrate like this the die into a, a gaming ecosystem and right. decentralized perfect we already have like a, a competitive tournament style ecosystem that's already distributed we have more than 30 hosts yeah, throughout Decentraland. over 60 parcels. Yeah. So we're basically, cool. we're, yeah, yeah. so we're, we're trying to figure out how uh, uh, everybody wins scenario to where, you know, to bring more people onboarded onto the Decentraland platform and for them 
to be to retain to stay. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, there needs to be more incentive. And I think like chess event really proved that a lot of people came to try, you know, and earn these rewards. Now that the rewards have been taken away, you know, we haven't seen similar uh, activity. Numbers, activity. Yeah. So yeah, this no loss uh, proposal you just brought up, I think, is a good solution to that. And we want to know what you guys yeah what think you think what you think initial thoughts. I I haven't analyzed the 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 situation a lot, so I cannot give you an educated view. Sure. At this moment, but it's something I I'll take away. Sure, sure, sure. Analyze. Yeah, the, we just wanted to put the idea out there is because we we need to leverage the the community's tools. Like, and one one big tool is DeFi, mm-hmm. and if we can leverage that in terms of the interest to funding, you know, the daily pot to increase the daily active users, we feel like that would be a pretty use of pretty good use of the funds. Um, so, do you want to talk about? You know what what's going on with with some of the districts? Are do you do you still see activities with those districts, or is that something that that's a that's a model that hasn't proven to work yet? Well, I'm I was never involved in the in the district discussions or development or anything. Okay, but um, I was told that the museum, Vegas, the battleground, the conference center all have seen uh, decent progress. Okay. Alongside Ethereum and the university, that's that's what. Uh, yes, there have been some problems. Like I told you, I'm no experts in districts because uh, the center and surface area is, is really big. You cannot be uh, in charge of everything or in all the topics. But that's what uh, what I'm up to with the districts. Okay. Yeah, I I think there was either discussions or talks or rumors of Etheria, you know, kind of uh, dissolving, dissolving, and and giving out their their land back to their players. But uh, we're we're starting to see that uh, either more often or it just happens to be ending nearly at the same time by coincidence. <laughs> but uh, it's I mean, if you think about it, Federico, if you had access to, you know, a hundred by a hundred parcel land, it would be difficult to think about what to put on there. I mean, even for us, we have a platform where we could take advantage of, you know, a thousand parcels, 10,000 parcels. It, we could, and in, in from a technical sense, we still don't have enough content to populate, you know, thousands of parcels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's difficult for anybody to have, like, control to this, any district and, and do something with it. So I, I sympathize with these, these district leaders. Um, and it's something that we need to figure out in the sense, like, you know, th- there's probably a better way to do this. I don't know a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we've been, we've been offered to deploy stuff on districts, but we can't because we have games that run on one by one parcels. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we can't really help contribute to adding to these districts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we think there's, there's an, uh, there's an opportunity here to kind of think of a solution here. But it's just something to kind of think about, essentially. Yeah, because it's it's a tough situation. So is 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 the the scenario going to be if these districts don't ever pan out how they were initially envisioned to be? Is it do they have individual ownership over what 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 happens to that land? Or can they just decide on on a whim like we're just going to dissolve this concept of a of a united district and and open up the land to the uh, to the you know general public? Is that uh, something you guys have discussed internally, how that's going to be handled? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I guess that uh, whatever happens, if the, the land goes back to, to the central, and then they will, the DAO will decide what happens. For example, the DAO will vote 
will should we action this now should we do x or y or, yeah. or, or whatever okay it's a, it's a decision that the dao will take but i'm not sure like i i'm not futurist and i, I can't know what would happen okay i can only tell you that the, that land matters will be decided um for the dao yeah yeah okay okay all right um one of the questions that we had is um do you guys still believe that vr has a a a place for Decentraland? Well, we think it's a key component of Decentraland's vision. Mm -hmm. So we really think it, it has a place in the long run. Uh, but we, like I said before, we have bigger challenges at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, to um, I totally agree. One uh, is uh, improving the, the, like, the social experience, like I said. The second one is uh, improving governance for the DAO. And then and filling the, the world with content. Before before arriving to VR, you know, uh, talking about challenges. Um, so I'm sure when you woke up this morning, you didn't really expect to see Bitcoin down thirty percent, right? <laughs> um, so with the sort of downturn of the uh, of the economy worldwide, you know, with the coronavirus and and um, you know black swan events, the unpredictable events, how much does this affect the Decentraland team, the fact that Mano just lost, you know, nearly 50% over the last week or two. Yeah, that's a really, really good question to ask, yeah. No, it, it, for me, I cannot talk for the rest of the team, but it's, it doesn't affect nothing. I mean, it's, for me, it's the long run, and I'm, I'm, I'm used to this. Yeah. This thing. So, yeah, I, I, I can take you with my, with my heart. I don't, I don't really care for like uh, the swings of the market. Sure. If I did, I wouldn't be working in crypto probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, I only ask because it, it affects the community, right? It, it you, you could feel that there's a certain uh, feeling of change. There's a sentiment change when the markets go down mm. and, and there's, a, di there's yeah. a clear difference when the markets are up. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I was just wondering is, you know, does this affect the team mm -hmm. um, in the sense? But in this case, it, it really doesn't. And it kind of makes sense because... Oh. There's a longer vision here. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get to uh, some technical questions. All right, so sure. can you speak on the client release? When can we expect it, and what kind of performance improvements will come of it? Yeah, sure. First, I want to clarify that there was a really misunderstanding. Okay. One of our team members mentioned it was 80% done. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> saw that. We, yeah. Wished, we wished it was that way, but... It's not like it's like zero percent down at the moment. What we did was a very quick prototype, like testing, um, testing which improvements we we could have gotten. But it was something very raw and, and just for the sake of testing. But we did see some uh, very good improvements in FPS and and and, and graphics quality. So sure. it's something really really. Uh, Encouraging, but uh, it's not the client is not something that's going to be happening in the short term, unfortunately. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he did say eighty percent, but he also said it'll be ready by the end of the year. So, I mean, to yeah. me, it didn't sound like eighty percent. Um, so, I had a question based off of like working on the client as a team. So, where mm -hmm. do you draw the line between the team working on the client and the DAO voting on the team working on the client? How do you know when to draw that line? So I think it's uh, it's a learning process also, and and I think that that's a good example that the DAO can 
would would be a good uh, vote for the EO. Like, sure. should we work on a desktop client? Yes or no? Sure. I think that that would be a good a good uh, question actually. Okay. So um, the uh, will will there be an API for obtaining you know scene limitations used by poly counts and textures? Like, will there be an easy way for developers to know when they've reached the limit in 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 creating their their stuff for their land? It's been discussed in the past, but it's not something that it's on the near-term roadmap at the moment. Okay. Uh, primarily because I've been told there's some workarounds for this. I'm not 100% uh, sure which they are, but I have consulted with my technical team, and that's what, what they told me. Do you think streaming capabilities from video to audio is something that makes sense for to, to work on for they, essentially? Yeah, they, they really make sense. But for the long run, uh, they're not being uh, prioritized for the short-term roadmap. Okay. But I've seen some scenes that, uh, like the, there's a DJ in one of the scenes, scenes positional audio uh, streaming that. So I think some of these can be working around also at the moment. Sure. But uh, we wanted, I mean, the DAO will also vote on this uh, for sure. But I think it should be a first-class citizen in the future. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because uh, I, we 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 see a lot of use cases where video and audio can really take off into Central Land, and so yeah. I I think that's sort of like you know the 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 cherry on top of the cake, right? That's not like stuff that you know the team should be focused on, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, so as far as like the team focusing on stuff, I have a question on. When you played Decentraland on the on the browser, why why did you guys make it a, a closed system where when you click on an ad or you want to interact with MetaZone from Decentraland that you can't just click on something and it'll take you to that web page? Why why have that closed system? I think it was meant to be like this for protecting uh, the users of certain misbehavior. Okay, but I'm. But I, I think that it was intended that way, actually. So it was intended that way. Is, so it's. Is I'm it... not sure. I'm. 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 I was. I didn't partake in this decision, so I cannot tell you for sure it was this. But sure. The, on the top of my head, I think that um, it avoids some some uh, abusing scenarios. Okay. Like bad actors. Sure. So is that something that will stay? You know. Part of the platform, or is that something that can be opened up? I, I guess I think it can be completely opened up in the future. Okay. I don't see why not. Okay, that makes sense because you know there, there's there's a there's a whole it's a big world out there, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Decentraland can have hooks into a lot of things. Like uh, you should be able to go into Decentraland and see the stock market and the crypto prices, and yeah, yeah. you should be able to interact with Trello, you know, mm -hmm. in, inside Decentraland. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, SDK updates um, have often resulted in in breakdown of the individual um, games that we've yeah. deployed. So, is there going to be some process where the 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 team kind of informs you know other dev teams within Decentraland? So yeah, this has been really painful for developers and unfortunately, but uh, it's a short term priority to to fix this and actually allow uh, multiple versions of the SDK work in parallel. In sure. the world, sure. Okay, yeah. Because if um, if we have like some kind of developer roadmap, 
and uh, we we did have a conversation with uh, with Toon Punk on our Discord as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a discussion on like the clarity of the roadmap, mm-hmm. and like uh, a few months ago, there was a a marketplace you know on the roadmap, and we weren't sure what that market marketplace was really going to be focused on Mm -hmm. so one of the things that we're requesting from the decentraland team is essentially a more clarity more uh, definition in into the roadmap itself Mm -hmm. because there was a a point in time where we didn't uh we weren't really sure whether to follow through with metazone and to be clear um so since the two weeks since the launch federico metazone Mm -hmm. had a revenue of over five hundred and fifty thousand mana Mm-hmm. And so that revenue came from multiple locations, the, the landowners, uh, players, bu- um, hosts buying the games and deploying their games, and then players playing on those games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, you know, having that sort of platform allows so many people to, to take advantage of, you know, what Decentraland is supposed to bring to the table, right? <clears throat> so mm-hmm. having that clarity in the, in, the, in the roadmap itself would really help us kind of navigate what we should be working on and what we shouldn't be working on yeah i think there's like a, <laughs> yeah. di- a division as, as we've noticed um i don't want to call out names but people have been working on uh projects that all of a sudden are no longer viable i guess because uh, the decentraland land has announced you know new updates that you know has kind of made them obsolete in a way at least potentially okay. so yeah. yeah this is where Unfortunate consequences of yeah of some releases. Uh, mm-hmm. We are we are we're going to work to 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 change this. Like I said before, supporting multiple SDK uh, versions at the same time and also improving the communication. There's actually a roadmap online. Uh, have you seen it? Yes, we've seen it. Okay, okay. You 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 feel that it needs more detailing? Yes, it it, it it needs more detailing. Like um, just to give you an example, when we when we started um. Uh, our podcast and even MetaZone, we've been, you know, 100% transparent of everything that we're building. Mm-hmm. Like nothing that mm-hmm. we've built so, so thus, thus far has been in secret to any extent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I feel like that clarity really helps us kind of bounce ideas off of the community, <clears throat> but as well as, you know, kind of make it clear as to what exactly we're building to, to everybody. Mm-hmm. And if, okay. if we got that same clarity from the roadmap itself, we know what to build so that we're not building the same thing that Decentraland is building, essentially. Okay. Yes, well, it's, I'm taking this feedback to the, to the team, and, and I'm sure we're going to, to improve communication and visibility. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate that. So now we're going to uh, the marketing um, questions here. So sure. now the strategy moving forward, at what point does the team plan to ramp up uh, pull for mainstream users or is this something the community will need to work on together it's something we will work on together but i think priorities are the moment that's set to improve the product content and overall experience um, okay. ramping up um, mainstream users would be like a leaky bucket at the moment for me mm-hmm. like uh, they will enter and they and they wouldn't stick around for, for a lot of time so we need to work on on other things first. Okay, so your you, your feeling is uh, there's still like a lot of infrastructure things to build before we start really doing the marketing push to bring in people. Yeah, infrastructure like the product um, tools for developers, improving SDK. Okay. Um, improving the, the the client 
uh, reliability and performance. Sure. But um, this doesn't mean that we are not going to to be looking forward to, to increasing the daily active users or weekly active users. It's just that you cannot go from zero to 200 kilometers per hour. Uh, the very last mm -hmm. question is, what is your final message to the community or anything you want to say to... Uh, like creators that are on the sideline, basically. Yeah, because we, we both know creators is what we're lacking most. Um, so mm -hmm. what what's your pitch to them? Like, uh, Why should they focus their efforts or their skills on creating... In the for the metaverse, as opposed to you know more traditional application platform, like you know, uh, what would you say to them? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to get involved in the early shaping of the Centerland. Mm -hmm. um, we already seen some scenes like the the ones you you guys built that are getting some in-game transactions and on some quick, decent with active users. So I think what you have here is an opportunity to to be. Uh, first mover and get that first mover advantage, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's uh, that's what I think and uh, why if I was a developer would join the central at the moment. Yeah, that's a good message because uh, we feel like we're we're taking advantage of you know yeah. the first mover advantage. I think that's a lot. We like to, we always kind of like joke around like what, what what like why are we so driven these days? Like yeah. you know we're like yeah <laughs> operating on like low sleep most of the time. Yeah. And I think it is, it's like that, ex that it, excitement that's within all of us that we're, we feel like an actual sense of like we're pioneering something that hasn't been done before. It's something we've all dreamed about. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like a gamer or exactly. like a, somebody who's lived on the internet for the last couple of decades. Yeah. You've, we've all had this like vision in our heads of like what a digital world could look like. Yeah. In like a matured state. So that's why we're, we're I guess to any potential creator listening, we also want to, uh, convey that message as well because we need creators just as much as Decentraland does because yeah. without without your talent without your skill the players aren't going to come you know mm -hmm. exactly so and that's what it is i think that, i think that encapsulates it is is that that first mover is what you call it yes uh, i like yeah. to call it the pioneer feeling i mean <laughs> we're like the the americans leaving europe for the first time you know we're going yeah. to a new world <laughs> That's how I that's how I like to view it. I like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Federico, we want to thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, thank you for joining us, and hopefully, we can have you back on to uh, to answer some more questions later on down the year. Yeah, sure. I'll be happy to join you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, thank you very bye much. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Um, so let's let's debrief for a, a good 20, 30 minutes max. Okay. And. Um, yeah, that was interesting. That was the the big Decentraland interview we've all been waiting for. Yes. And when you think about it, it's kind of crazy that it, it went down because, what, like seven, eight months ago, we were just discovering about the project. That's true. That's and true. Like, I mean, we've done tons of other interviews before. So, I mean, we've interviewed some pretty big people. Yes. Like we, John McAfee. John McAfee. Andreas Antonopoulos. Andreas, yeah. The Sandbox. So like Syndicator. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, no longer is it becoming, like, we're not like uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like intimidated, I guess. Yeah, like, no, no, not I, intimidated, but I don't know. I don't know what the what the right word would would be to describe that. We're just uh, we're getting more comfortable with this whole process. Yeah, right, is what I'm saying. But um, for this well, one in particular, it was very well, important to us. No, yeah, but yeah. before we get to how important that was, um, as true to our signature podcasting and interview style. <laughs> That we had another glitch. Yeah, I don't understand what is happening. 
Yeah, we haven't. I don't think we, we're like zero for ten or something like that. Easily zero for ten. Just I mean, like, yeah. I, I so our camera shut off and we had to like pause in the middle of it. You probably saw it. Yeah, so we lost about eight minutes with him. Yeah, or six to eight minutes that we you know could ask him a few more questions. We were kind of like we wanted to go deeper into the whole marketing because we know a lot of people are questioning that. You yeah, know, people have their own thoughts and beliefs on whether or not because you know, like we talked with throughout this interview, you know. Well, uh, retention is low or well, activity is low. And and to them, like it's sort of they they sort of expected it and they knew that it was going to happen because mm-hmm. they're not finished with the infrastructure of yeah. the central land. Uh, I think he made that pretty clear. Yeah. And and to, uh, you know, when you launch something, you you're typically kind of done with with the product that you're launching. I mean, I mean, if you take the lean um, uh, method approach, the lean, you know, uh, startup approach. Mm hmm. You you never launch when you're done. If you're if you're launching something when you're done, you're already too late. You're behind. So that's why we keep talking about MVP, a minimum viable product. Mm. And so what they've launched, and we've talked about this before, they launched for months at a time that the Centerland should should launch right now, even though that they're not finished. It's true. We did. We kind of like speculated before they even announced their way the before months before. We were ourselves because we were already building, and we're like, you know, what's the holdup? Why 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 can't yeah, as well, long as you walk and walk around from one yeah. corner to the other, you should launch right because now. Because to be honest, like nothing has really changed since then. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much the exact same product. Yes, as it was like six well, months ago. Okay, yeah, we, we we wouldn't say nothing has changed, right? There's some stability improvements. Okay, you're right. You can load faster. There's dancing, right. right? That's I true. Mean, so there's been additions for sure, uh, but for the most part, like there's as, a for, bunch of builder builds, right? Yeah. There's, I mean, that's. That's what you're going to see in Decentral. You have to, like, go to dcoplazas.com mm-hmm. and go to their map and see all, like, the hot spots for True. sure. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> other than that, like, you're right. Not much has changed. I mean, I, I get your point, but I don't want to make it seem like nothing yeah, yeah, has yeah. changed. But but basically, they did what, what we were wanting them to do. Like, just, yeah, the, the debate back then that we had is when, you know, when are they going to announce a launch to this thing? Are they going to wait till it's like a polished mm-hmm. You know, triple A tier product, yeah. and then announce a launch, or are they going to late? Are they going to do like a, like a, like a Minecraft style? The beginning is like a, a like an MVP product that will evolve over time. Yeah, you know, and that's what we were kind of like hoping they would do, and that's basically what they're doing, what they did, and uh, yeah, we're moving on with that. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I thought, I mean, it was a pretty decent interview. I think. Uh, there was some stuff that he couldn't answer just yeah. because he didn't really know the answer, especially, you know, the the SDK stuff and more some of the more technical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, what I took away was they're they're not done building the central land. Essentially, well, in there's a, in yeah. the sense from the infrastructure standpoint, yeah. right? We're not so they're not at a point. I keep saying we, but they're not at a point where they're ready to do the huge marketing push that we kind of all want to happen already. Yeah. And, uh, and that's probably why they're okay with the low DAU numbers, Mm -hmm. uh, daily active users. Mm -hmm. Um, They're, they're pretty much okay with everything because they know that they're not finished. So I I get that perspective and I'd sort of tend to agree. The only problem is like, you know, it's, it's, for our situation, it's, yeah. it's it's difficult to cope with that kind of response because you know we we're, we're actually building a uh, a, a sustainable a, thing right a, now. Yeah, we have a business model already operating. It's yeah. it's in like full gear, and we have customers. We have yeah. 
But most importantly, any, you know, deploying metas is an investment, right? Mm-hmm. You, we all know Decentraland can't be shut down, right? It's going to persist. Mm-hmm. And we all know that it's up to the community to continue building stuff. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're, we're, we're setting the bar. Mm-hmm. We're setting the bar. We're, we're allowing developers to monetize their creations. Mm-hmm. We're allowing landowners to monetize their land. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that is how we start this world. Mm-hmm. And I, I think everything that we've done now, I, I wouldn't consider anything less than <clears throat> important. Um, and so I, I kind of like everything that we're doing. I like that people are understanding there's a better way to monetize their land rather than flipping it. Mm-hmm. And I think encouraging developers to monetize their stuff. Like, for example, we got um, uh, Benson, the guy who did the Infinity Engine. And we got Nicholas who who did the uh, the dragons recently, um, and the dragon stuff was extremely popular just like a week ago. Oh yeah, and so if we can I get mean, those, that's to be expected, right? Like these are yeah. these are the types of additions to the metaverse that we were were, were missing, we're lacking. Yes, like all of a sudden there's an attachment, an emotional attachment to something within the the world. Yeah, this little pet. Yes, you know that's right. That's that's what we're always concocting ideas of like how to you know, retain a uh, player retention, I guess. Retention. Yes. Yes. And this is like a, an obvious one. Um, so yeah, go back to like, well, I was just saying is like, um, because you know, we have a platform where they can monetize their creations mm-hmm. and, and it makes it easy for landowners to deploy those creations and even players. Like for example, a player can, can log into metazone.io, buy the dragon and take care of their dragon over at, um, Nicholas's land. Mm. And and from there, you know, you don't even have to own land, but you have a reason to come to Decentraland now. Yeah, exactly. And so these types of creations, um, you know, they're going to be important for the sustainability of Decentraland, especially early on now. And any creator that's building anything right now worth value, like people are buying in, in Metazone, like you're you're one of the first movers. Yeah. Right. You're you're going to be the model dragon creator for. Uh-huh all the other ones who are going to be creating their Tamagotchi pets. Yeah. Right. So I think what the main thing I got out of this interview that stuck with me is, um, a lot of his answers to a lot of the questions was basically like the DAO is going to handle it. So the importance of the DAO, I think right now is, is like understated. understated. A lot of people, because it's a brand new concept. Yeah. And we've, we're always talking about this. This is like, to me, this is the most interesting part of this whole experiment sure. is like, how the hell are humans going to manage to organize without that like centralized hierarchy of decision-making? Yes. Cause that's how we've done it throughout history. All of a sudden we're decentralizing that to where everybody in the platform is equal. And then now we all have to come to consensus in order for changes to be made. Yeah. So yeah, like we're all looking at Decentraland because they created this platform. Like, hey, w- w- are you guys going to do this? Are you guys going to do that? When? You know, yes. we're kind of like pitchforking them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And ultimately, because it's it's up to the DAO to make that decision. That's basically what he's, t- he, that was, that's what he told us for everything. Yeah. And, you, and know? you know, I asked him, like, because it, does, it, it doesn't feel like it's implemented, right? It doesn't feel like it because they're still making the decisions. They're still updating and they're still. Yeah. They're still, yeah, you know, if, their if, normal team exactly. self. Exactly. If the DAO was as essential as, as um, he says it was, then ideal, like, really, like, they shouldn't be able to, their roadmap is basically up to, as, up, as, up a, to a vote. Yeah, it's, it's as credible as our roadmap, essentially, right, right. In, in a true DAO yeah. system. But I don't think that's how it's, things are going to go down. Yeah. You know? 
Um, yeah, I mean, so that's the biggest thing we have to, as a community, kind of like work around is understand like basically everything has to be. Uh, Maybe there's a cutoff point in in terms of the roadmap that says, okay, from here on out, like every decision we're gonna we're gonna post the the future roadmap, but yeah. every decision from here on out is gonna be voted on. Yeah. And then you have to wrap your mana and then make cast your vote and then see which choice wins. And that's what they build. I think that's another big issue is like not enough people are wrapping their mana. So there's right. not like there's not an, enough participation. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's difficult to keep up with. See, but, you know, but that's how the how, that's how reality is. Yeah. You know, I when know. voting for the president, everything it's like 30 percent people show yeah. up. Yeah. But it's hard to get the message out there as far as like if there's some kind of proposal being done, you know, usually uh, what's it called? Politicians have to spend tons of money to to market those yeah. ideas. You know, it's true. That's literally what campaigning is about. So like what, right. what is the campaign process going to be like for anybody? It's right now, it's like it's, it's like a Discord chat, right? It's a Discord, yeah. <laughs> we just Basically went to that Discord. Discord. We Before this interview, we checked that Discord. We're like, hey, well, let's see how the DAO is doing. Yeah. And I think there's maybe 10 posts this whole year or something like that. There's not much discussion going on Yeah. from a community standpoint. You would well, think if like... Well, hold on. So okay. yeah, th- there's there's not a whole lot of contributors into this community yet. What do you mean? Like there's not a whole lot of people like us contributing into this world, like okay. developers and stuff. There's not a whole lot of them. There are some, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot. And so if any one of us has a proposal, I mean, I guess we start posting it on, on the DAO. Now, on the Discord chat as like, you know, to start the campaign. Yeah. And then you do the official like casting and through their 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 DAO system. Okay. Right. It has like a formal process. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... I, if if you're an early mover, I would imagine that any proposal is going to get voted in. You would think. Uh, I mean, I'm imagining. Yeah, to be f- determined. Or or we can get we can get easily get trolled by somebody who has like a couple million mana, and they're like, nope. You're yeah. Nothing because for you. The, the 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 weight of the vote is determined on, on how much mana you own. Basically, correct? yeah. Okay. Well. I mean, it's not only based on mana, it's also based on land, but nonetheless, I mean, just to yeah, make the conversation true. simple. Yeah. Like, the more mana you have, the more power you have, essentially. Yeah. So this is all, like I said, this is the most f- fascinating part of this all, because, man, how how things get accomplished in this type of uh, environment, we'll see, you know? I mean, because yeah. it's, it's easier just to do the the obvious route, right? Like, yeah. Centralized thing. Yeah, I'm, I want to pull up uh, some of the questions that we didn't get to. Okay. And give me give me a second here. Oh, we, well, we're gonna answer them ourselves, or what? <laughs> uh, not that we're gonna answer them, uh-huh. but more of like acknowledging that. That's there, right. There's still some other questions. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we we you know if you guys are in the Discord who are watching this, we, we ran out of time basically. Yeah. Uh, so land mortgages. That's one question. I okay. think that comes often um in the discord like even in the discord uh the decentraland discord mm-hmm. people are asking for land mortgages i think um it, it's definitely a great idea i i just don't know if there's a lot of developers looking for land right now i, I could be wrong um i i would think that we have a pretty you know strong community of developers in our own discord um right now but it's clearly not everybody uh-huh so I, I don't know how many developers are looking for land at the moment, but it's something to, to consider. So that was one of the questions that we didn't get into. And I don't think a land mortgage is something that Decentraland is ever going to build. 
Mm. I, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to do that. I think the community needs to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that product look like? It's just a smart contract. Uh-huh. You submit your land. It says anybody, you, you say, I submit land. Anybody can use it for free for X amount of time. Um, and Or that you submit land, you can use this land for uh, 1,000 mana a month. And that's it. Mm. Like that simple. Yeah. And and it's pretty easy to do. I mean, it's just a matter of doing it. It's, there's nothing complicated about about this at all. So, you know, what's what's been the holdback? Just nobody's been willing to do it. Well, nobody's been willing to build that okay. contract. Interesting. I mean, I, that's that's from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, what's one thing you're doing to attract new developers to Decentraland? Uh, that is an important question. I think uh, it goes back to what uh, Federico was saying with the builder and the SDK. Uh, you know, there's like a misconception, I guess, that mm-hmm. they're focusing on one over the other, mm-hmm. but they're really focusing on both. Mm-hmm. And I understand his point on, you know, the Roblox example, where they have a builder and it's a robust builder and people are monetizing that builder. Yeah. Uh, I, I, even uh, I think GTR Frost, he built something in Roblox. That's right. Um, it's one of those that, you know, it was like another game, but it didn't get enough traction to like surpass some threshold where he could start earning money. So the way those people in Roblox monetize is essentially they did just create a game, yeah, like a little mini game with this Roblox like a builder engine or whatever, and then they just sell it. It's like a no, it's micro not. transaction for something the like that. To purchase. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know. I what mean, I've seen now. like my little nieces and nephews play that game, and uh, <laughs> they're like always begging me for Robux, whatever their currency is called, and I, I see them spend most of it on like in-game skins, like wearables for their characters. Yeah. But I think a lot of those games have, like, a paywall. Like, you can't even enter the realm, essentially, unless you pay. Well. And I think the same goes for Minecraft, too. I think. Well, I think in Minecraft, you stand up your own server. You yeah. manipulate Minecraft as to your will. Like, make your own um, hunting game, if you will. Like a Halloween land or yeah, something like that. Something like that. And, yeah, something like that. And people buy, like, these chests in there to, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And that's how they fund, you know standing up that server for that particular game. Yeah. But so that 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 kind of like answers my question is like uh, before this interview I was I was curious like what Decentraland's real vision yeah. is. Um I don't think Federico was uh, able to answer that cuz you know he wasn't around from the very beginning. Yeah. So that's a question you really want to ask the visionaries, the creators of the platform itself. So this builder stuff kind of makes me think it's more of like a game experience. That's what they want to yeah. hone in on. When I think of a like an actual metaverse, a uh, my you know my ideal vision of it is it's it's not as uh, limited as a game. I think of it as literally like a second reality uh, outside of what our existence. You know, because like I I myself I've participated in virtual realities like World of Warcraft where I prioritized my my living yeah uh, you know my bandwidth of life yeah yeah to yeah. a virtual world and prioritize it over like the real world like I. I would go to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would play that game, go to sleep at three in the morning, wake up at six to go to school, and I would sleep for my third first three <laughs> classes, and then go back home and just go right back to grinding a while. Yeah. So obviously, I cared way more about my virtual existence than my physical existence. And what did I get out of it? Yeah, not much. Right. You know, just some good, good old memories. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. But that's that's when I think of the what Decentraland can be, the potential of it, I'm, I'm looking for something like that where I, I'm, I'm not tr- looking for, like, another app store of games. 
Mm. I'm looking for literally like uh, an escape, a full blown escape. Is it, it, it sounds weird, but where you can actually go there and uh, earn a living, you can yeah. make some money there. You can, you can find a job, you can find employment through whatever the community ends up creating that layer for. <clears throat> you go there, uh, and then you could use that income to experience what the rest of the metaverse has to offer, essentially. Yeah. The gaming is one part of it. The uh, shopping, the art, yeah, everything. So it's, yeah. just, it's just confusing, I guess, when you think about it. Well, when they focus on the builder, I, you know, the builder right now as a product is, uh, according to Federico, is not finished. Yeah. And it's hard for me to imagine what the builder a finished builder is when they expect it to be like the thing that populates the world. Yeah. Like I, I can't even imagine what that looks like. Well, it looks like a bunch of like Roblox mini games essentially. Yeah. But those Roblox mini games, if you compare those games compared to what an SDK might do for Roblox. Well, that's why I said, you know, they're not neglecting. It's probably like two separate teams, right? Well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the, so the reason it's is just like I, I I don't see the vision in builder, but since it's not finished, I can't. Mm-hmm. I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's true. Your big um, issue with it was that you think they were like prioritizing that over the SDK. Well, I think because it's, it's not a priority. I didn't. I never thought the builder was a priority. I thought they they were spending resources on the builder, which yeah. I didn't think made sense. That's true. Yeah. So well, maybe we have a bias because we we're just not using it well <laughs> there's nothing to use in the building okay right yeah that, you're right that's what i'm saying okay like right now but it's not finished exactly right? yeah. so there, there's a chance right you know this this ship could float with the builder yeah um but we'll have to see it and i mean and that's what people like people love that like the potential to create you know whether it's with minecraft or Ro- uh, roblox uh Pretty soon, the sandbox. That that's basically their big uh, value proposition. Yeah, exactly. Is like they're, yeah, but they're they, giving the community a they, tool to create. But sandbox you know? crafted their entire platform around user generated NFTs. Yeah, that is that is their lifeblood. If there are no users, there's no sandbox. Yeah, um, but it's not the same for Decentraland. It's not sandbox is a game created by the users. Decentraland is a world populated by users, right? Whether it's from the builder for the SDK. And so if it's populated by the users, in my opinion, I think the SDK has a lot more staying power, a lot more replayability, potential, um, all the things that will make Decentraland a place you return. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be because of the SDK. Yeah. Now, you used a good uh, analogy by comparing it to, like, the early days of the Internet. There wasn't no no coding yeah. infrastructure yeah. in those days. The people who actually created the Internet were the developers. That's right. You know? They the ones and who then and then once the internet started becoming a little bit more yeah. understanding, uh, more fluid, more yeah, like you understood the purpose of the internet. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, hey, I can make my dev tools into no code, no code builder apps. Yeah, and and then you have things like if you haven't checked out Webflow, you should. It's mm. it's, it's a really cool um, custom website building application, not sponsored by the way, but. <laughs> Um, just fanboy. It's just an example of like the power of a no code builder. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I just don't think Decentraland is at that point to be building no code builder stuff. 
Mm. So, but again, it's my opinion. Yeah, well, maybe they'll prove us wrong, and then if they, when they do, we'll we'll definitely like, you know, bow down or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll, t- we'll tip our hats. Yeah, we will concede. We we yeah. have no problems being wrong. Yeah, I mean, just a few months ago, I told Iron Man, "There's no way we're gonna see a five thousand dollar Bitcoin <laughs> ever again." You're right. And uh, good old coronavirus came by and said, "Nope." Yeah, man, that's another topic all in itself. <sighs> like uh, this whole. Safe haven asset that crypto has yeah. been, or Bitcoin in particular, has been spouting over the last couple of years. Yeah, but it's 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 with uh, it's with perspective the safe haven because it, Bitcoin's not going to a hundred dollars. No, right. But a safe haven asset is like whenever shit's hitting the fan in yeah, the yeah, traditional I, market, yeah, you, you, you put your money there. As sure, for it's sure, it's supposed to be non-correlated, right? Yeah, and as far I, I as we've seen, it's a thousand percent correlated. correlated yes. So yes, Bitcoin ha- failed the the benchmark. <laughs> it definitely failed the test, in my opinion. Yeah, like I, I, I'm not. No longer am I going to spout that whole uncorrelated asset thing because this is this is it's the event. True. This is the event we've all been waiting for. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like prove the concept of you know, and obviously Bitcoin's still in its early days, so it's not this like non-volatile asset like that gold is. You know. Yeah. And to be fair, gold is also going down pretty big. Yeah. So for it, for for gold. Yeah. Yeah, five percent. Which is like yeah. huge. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Bitcoin's not like it's not done. It's not disconnected over. to the world. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's not like how, how we initially thought it would be. But yeah, but but you know, going back to Decentraland, I I I enjoyed this interview. I think we need to have more conversations with the rest of the team as well. Yeah. <clears throat> because we want to get the longer term vision of Decentraland. We want to see if they're we're aligning with what they're hoping to to leave you know their mark on the world you know yeah definitely okay. um some other questions you know what idea do you have for retaining gamers long term another one was do you think attracting new users or developers should be a priority on long term so i think so we've sort of answered those questions in the conversation mm-hmm. um they're they're still building the infrastructure of decentraland uh, yeah. that's the main takeaway yeah. so if they're still building like the infrastructure there's no no sense in you know focusing on bringing players. Yeah, agreed. Um, so how many users simultaneously online in DCO can hold present? I think that's another question we'll have to ask at another time. Is any work being done on a method to track foot traffic on parcels? What is the best way to encourage landholders to build on their land? Yeah, that that's a valid question. Like what what encouraged what encouraged us to build? The game. So, so let me give you the 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 short story of how we started. So March 2019, we were like, "Hey, yeah. I man, you like crypto? Mm-hmm. I like crypto. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just talk about it and record it?" <laughs> yeah, right. That's how it started. Yeah, and much. we literally just bought a microphone. We set it up at the dinner table. Yeah, we used to have like conversations, like at like lunches or dinners, and then. At, we would talk for like a couple hours yeah. about crypto and we'd be like, dude, we're fucking, we're awesome, dude. Our yeah. combos are great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is anybody else talking like about crypto like this like, cool? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> So we're like, you know, we're so cool. Like everyone else should listen to our conversations. Yeah, basically. right. You know, like our hubris is like so high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like the whole idea of podcasting being like you know, people listening to other people. Yeah. Talk, you know, but yeah. but I th- but as far as like a uh, decentraland goes, I mean, shit, 
I don't know. I mean, so 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 let's let's give yeah, the, so I'll, the. I'm going too far ahead. Yeah yeah yeah. You you already <laughs> skipped everything. Yeah. So uh, we were having good conversations. We we're recording it, and uh, a few months down the line, we we're like, hey, you know, have you seen this Decentraland thing? Mm. And we got interested. We interviewed Maddie, uh, DCOblogger.com, mm-hmm. and then uh, he got us to understand like what the vision was for Decentraland. Yeah. And and then uh, Corv, my brother. He saw the interview with Maddie, or he listened to it. And at the time, we weren't doing videos. No, just the pod, just the podcast. Yeah, it was just yeah. the audio. Audio, yeah. And he was like, "Dude, this is cool." Yeah. A week later, you know, he comes over and he says, "Look, look what I built mm-hmm. in Decentraland," and mm-hmm. like it was in the preview. And it was like this guy just jumping over these walls. And of course, we had talked about like what to build and and why to why build it. Yeah. And uh, so we started with the block runner, the game. Right, yeah. that that some of you already know, mm-hmm. and uh, we've all we thought about the pot mechanics in those days. We knew that if we were going to build this, it had to be sustainable because a developer's time is extremely expensive, valuable. You don't want to waste it. You want to come out with the MVP, launch it, see what people think, and make it better. Um, <clears throat> so the game came out uh, on preview. The Centraland launched their beta. You could play our game day one of the beta. As a matter of fact, the the launch of the beta and the launch of the Blockrunner game happened on the same day mm-hmm. on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to go searching for that, it's there. Yeah. Um. So then, you know, people played the game. They understood the concept, leaderboards, all that stuff. Then months went by, and uh, you know, we were talking to Corbin. He was like, "Hey, you know, it's pretty complicated to deploy this stuff." Why don't we create an app that makes it easy to deploy stuff on other people's land? Mm. So then we had the concept of franchising these games, mm. or franchising the game, mm-hmm. and uh, so and then so then we're like, well, we can make other games, franchise those, and have those games be running on on other people's lands, and we share profits and mm-hmm. and it, and the whole MetaZone thing like started just like from deploying a single game on, into the world, mm-hmm. um, and so. From what I understand, like from Federico, we need to do a better job of letting people know what MetaZone is. What what is it that we're doing? Mm-hmm. Because he wasn't aware. Um, I don't think we've made enough noise. I don't even know if we should be making more noise than than we are. Because after making, you know, I, I we talked about it in, in the in the discussion, you know, two weeks uh, of the launch, we we made five hundred fifty thousand mana revenue. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know what people consider that as a lot of money or a little money. I'm not really sure what that means to like the community, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty confident nobody else was making 550,000 mana. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a uh, it's a ca- like it's a case study of what's possible. Basically. Exactly. That's and so that's one. Uh, that's another thing that we didn't really get to talk to. But I don't know if Decentraland should or wants to use us as like a case study mm-hmm. uh, to show other developers like look at you know look at what we're doing mm-hmm. you know you could be contributing to that degree either if it's as simple as submitting stuff into metazone or creating your own dap of you know some other service that decentraland needs yeah you know whatever it is mm-hmm. even if you wanted to compete with metazone that's a, that's good for us mm-hmm. uh the more creators the better like that i mean that's at least the position i take yeah um uh, so I don't know if we need to do a better job, like, talking about what we're doing. Um, I don't know if, it, if we become shills 
uh, at this stuff. Like that's that's well, not what we want to do either. Well, it's because, like you said, we're on the same team and we're all chasing the same goal, and we recognize the problems together, yeah. and we're coming up with solutions. So one of the biggest problems is we know there's creators out there who want to create and contribute, but they're reluctant for many reasons. I, I tried bringing up one of the reasons, uh, the cost of land is, is, is an obvious barrier. We've, we've been told by developers in our discord, like the only reason they're not creating anything is because the land is, is too expensive. Right. So, but is it because land is expensive? We don't have developers. Is it that simple? Well, my, that's one of the reasons. My answer is no. Yeah, Be- but, okay. it's not that simple because you you have the preview builder. Yeah, you have the preview. You you have infinite land in the preview. You test your parcels. You test your games. You test everything in the preview without having to deploy in in the real world, and it functions nearly the exact same way. Yeah, I mean you're, it's 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 um, it's production build essentially. If you deploy in the preview, it's nearly production build. Now it's not production build, but Nonetheless, I mean, it's as close as you need without requiring somebody's land. Yeah, you could test whether or not the game functions how you want it to yeah. function, but you can't. You can't test, test like actual users. Yeah, yeah, you can't test whether or not like your idea even makes sense. Like yeah, if, if it's true. an actual viable consumer product, you know. And at the end of the day, if you're trying to run a business, that's kind of like very important. Yeah. No, know? for sure. For sure. So, so I mean, and MetaZone solves that problem for a lot of people. Like a lot of these creators are going to onboard and deploy their creations so that people who own this expensive land can populate it with their creations. Yeah. You know, and that's true. I mean, a lot of people want to try out the games, play the games first before they buy. Yeah. And which is understandable. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, the, the only reason why we decided to do a presale on the Corona zombie game is because we've already come out with four other games. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some reasonable confidence that we're going to come out with a fifth game. Yeah. And so we're able to do that because our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not something that, you know, we could allow other creators to do pre-sales, but we can't allow anybody just to raise funds and just, like, disappear. Uh, Yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely not ideal, but, you know, I, I, I think in, like, yeah, an, I, in an open, yeah, open market, market system. Yeah, yeah. You you let them come up with their do your own research again exactly you leave right. it up to the market if if people are willing to invest in something I mean that happens like in uh what's that Kickstarter OpenSea or no like that oh, Kickstarter yeah Kickstarter yeah there's been tons of examples of that yeah like, but there's also tons of examples of like those scams yeah right right so I mean what do they do do they just do they well, vet every every Kickstarter idea no they, they don't they don't they yeah. can't you can't yeah. So you just let it let let the market do what the market does essentially, you know. It, it, you know, I think that's the way to operate, in my opinion. Yeah, public service announcement: if you're going to be investing in anything, just do your own research, essentially. Yeah, and that includes sure. you know buying stuff on MetaZone, right? Mm-hmm. There's no different. Yeah, the uh, the best thing you can go by is if uh, you know whether actually check to see because that's why we have the zones listed on the website. You can actually go to the physical locations of these meta deployments and mm-hmm. see if they're actually real. Yeah, you go out there and take a look at them and say, "Hey, I'll I'll spend a couple mana or a couple twenty twenty mana, yeah. play a couple game sessions, and, you know, make sure this game functions, everything's yep. as advertised." Okay, it is. Now I feel a little bit more confident to purchase. You know, so do you think we need to talk? About more, you know, MetaZone, like be more public about it, or what do you think? I mean, even like people in the in Central Land team, they don't know what we're doing. 
Yeah. No, I mean, sh- shit. We have a lot to do, like you said, uh, to make more noise. We're, we need to put yeah. things on, on medium. So, of, you know, that that's a very yeah. important thing. So the main things that we're working on are really two main things, right? They're two infrastructure builds. <laughs> yeah. And one of them is NFTs, and yeah. the other is smart contracts. See, but that's the thing. Like, now I'm thinking about it. Making noise doesn't mean shit. I mean, there's a lot of projects that made a ton of noise, and they yeah, delivered... But- Dust. Yeah, but the, the ton of noise that they made was with a white paper. Yeah, that's exactly we what I'm got, talking we about. We got well, that's so what I'm much saying. more. We're, we're focused on actually like con- creating something yeah. that's actually, you know. See, but imagine if we combined creating something with actually making noise. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the noise is, I mean, I guess this podcast is helping a lot. Yeah, And we sure. appreciate all the followers and subscribers and, you know, the community, man. You guys make all this. Yeah, I mean, our Discord is always on fire for the most part. Yeah, um, like we're we're collecting all the developers and because we're we're making you know their creations monetizable now, right? And I think yeah, I think also people are they trust us, you know, because of this. Yeah, because of the fact that we're willing to just like do everything's in the open, man. We're not hiding anything, and we yeah. we we want. You know, we want everyone in the discussion, you know, yeah. the whole community. We don't want it just to be like so everything's behind uh, a curtain. Yeah. You know, and then like, oh, we'll announce it one day. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just to stay stay tuned. Yeah. And so, you know, we're so there's there's probably a bit of confusion in terms of NFTs. So there's a DAO process to allow NFTs into Decentraland. And we're yeah. talking about, like, let's say you, you want to create a T-shirt, uh, a wearable in Decentraland. Mm-hmm. You have to go through the DAO. Mm-hmm. And the DAO has to approve you, and then now you can sell a T-shirt or whatever, create yeah. T-shirts. But the the NFTs we're talking about do, does not have to go through the DAO. So the NFTs that we talk about is if you buy a Meta, that that with the purchase of the Meta that can be deployed into mm-hmm. land mm-hmm. is comes with an NFT token. Now our platform uh, makes it easy for any landowner to deploy anything, but in order to deploy you have to first have this NFT in your address associated to your um, land. Mm-hmm. And if those two criteria are met, then you can deploy it on your land. So if you sell this NFT on OpenSea, which you can do, that new owner will have to look at the metadata and of the NFT. And it says, to deploy into Decentraland, uh, create an, a metazone.io account. Mm-hmm. And so once that account is created, they have land and... Now they can deploy that meta that they purchased on OpenSea onto Decentraland. Yeah. And the previous owner, that meta just disappears from their land. So that's why there's no need for us to go to, through the DAO. Now, we're still going to go through the DAO um, just to make sure that these, you know, that has like a certain degree of approval just to to, to go through the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's not needed and they're real NFTs and they're tradable and you can buy them on OpenSea. If you wanted to. Yeah. Um, so that's the difference between like having to go through the DAO where there's a wearable versus the NFTs that we're going to be issuing to our hosts. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so those NFTs are in progress and they're going to be issued to you soon. We can't give you a date just because there's there's so many moving parts to this. Um, on top of that, we're working on smart contracts for payments. So as a player, as a winner of the daily pod or the monthly pod or a creator or even a landowner who is, is splitting the, the revenue 
um, there's going to every every payment is going to happen through smart contracts, mm-hmm. and those smart contracts. Uh, allow you to go to your MetaZone account and withdraw your funds that that you're owed, mm-hmm. um, and so you don't have to wait for us to manually do it. Yeah. So those two things are extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more games are going to be in the pipeline, ex- especially the zombie game. Yeah. There's versions of the zombie game that we haven't talked about, but they're extremely fascinating yeah in terms of like world building yeah we're exploring ideas of a more global rpg uh, pandemic a global pandemic exactly what are the odds (laughs) (laughs) yeah for good reason i know we're looking players are looking for a reason to explore yeah and we're like we're thinking of a real outbreak yeah providing that so like people who own land they can they can have a little piece of of this gaming experience. Essentially, I think yeah. like this isn't a new concept. Uh, no, chain, it's not. Yeah. Chain Breakers, by the way, we haven't talked about. Uh, yeah. Recently, a, we learned Chain Breakers. The project is is done. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's done, but they're, it's, they're it's selling being, their assets. Yeah, basically the to a new team. To a new team. So, but part of their game is also they're going to have questing zones, you know, spread out throughout the Central Land. Yeah. Which is you know it's kind of we're bouncing around that same concept. Yeah. You know, with, um the corona zombies but it's not set in stone which is like you said yeah once we kind of formulate what we think the rpg element of corona zombies is going to be we'll talk about it and we're going to bounce the ideas off the community so definitely for for right now corona zombies is an arcade shooter Mm -hmm. it deploys on a one by one and the more zombies you kill the more points you get hell yeah the you know that's marathon of death stage yeah (laughs) stage one of like the outbreak Hell yeah. Essentially. We take out all our frustrations of the coronavirus <laughs> like in Decentraland, dude. Because yeah. this, this shit is yeah, this wrecking is, everything, man. This is un, unheard of, unprecedented. Yeah, man. Man, we're di- dude, 2020 has been fascinating. Yeah. Every, been every d- a train wreck and <laughs> good at the same time to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, we've never lived through anything like this. Uh, us personally. Yeah. In our, our lifetimes. The closest thing I could like, uh, correlate... Like it's like nine eleven. Nine eleven, yeah. Where like everybody's panicking over the same looming danger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I got like a tower of water stacked in my kitchen. Very nice, Willis. I'm glad, <laughs> you, I'm glad you finally listened to me. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I thought you were crazy. Like two Did weeks you? ago. Well, I didn't say I wouldn't say crazy, but like <laughs> overboard, maybe. Wow, dude. Overboard just a little bit, but just a little paranoid, maybe. Maybe yeah yeah a little paranoid but I rightfully so yeah, rightfully so you're right yeah man I so, didn't want to be right but no for sure I wish I was right enough to uh, buy some S and P puts but I didn't do yeah that. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I actually profit off of this but I probably feel a little dirty profiting <laughs> off the collapse of the economy that's uh, part but of the game dude. it is part of the game there's a lot of people doing that right as we speak yep so are there any other questions that we need to go through um let's see. Uh, w- uh, would like to know if the short-term marketing efforts are to grow user base. Uh, so everyone has like similar questions. Yeah. Uh, user base or the dev community. Uh, w- what can we expect in terms of partnerships, game companies? That that would have been a good one. Oh, yeah. That's one. That's one of the marketing questions that we had to skip over because of the camera fault. That's true. That's we were going to ask him if he had any any because I, I was curious because the Central and team has created a platform. And I'm wondering if they have like some kind of plans to create a product to launch through the platform. Because now yeah. that they're like an individual entity, they like they have to go through the DAO just like the rest of us. Yeah. 
I correlate this to like EOS. EOS or Block One created the EOS blockchain platform. Yeah. And now they're releasing a exactly. voice voice app. Yes. Uh, on the platform. So I'm wondering if Decentraland is going to do something similar. Yeah. Like, you know, but we didn't get to that, unfortunately. Well, that'd be cool if Decentraland makes some metas and yeah, exactly, right? Them, right? Yeah. Like, uh, they have more funding than all of us to do, just like Block One had all the funding, right? Yeah. Which, Four billion dollars Block One raised. Yeah, exactly. Billions of dollars. B, with a B. Not yeah. A, not an M. <laughs> and they got a slap on the wrist with 30 million yeah, a little for, from un, the SEC. unregistered ICO, dude. Yeah. What a freaking move. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, they're, they're actually kind of like, they're making a Twitter comp competitor, you know, launching it on their blockchain. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just curious to see if uh, Decentraland had any plans. But it doesn't sound like he would have been able to tell us anyways. Yeah. You know. The other question was the, the name NFT. So will there other, will there be other functionality Oh. The name NFTs, like mapping a name to an XY coordinate, labeling wearables, signs, business names, payments, Interesting. and group guild names. So, like, like we would be in a Block Runner guild, right? It'll say Block Runner Will. Yeah. And I-Man. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that, like that would a, be that's cool. like branding, essentially. Yeah. Like the value of a brand. Yeah, basically. And I, I can see that the use case for, for our games in particular, like, people are creating brands for their individual metas. Well, like. Even uh, the landowners are creating their own brand, like Studs Barcade. That's what I'm talking about. Local yeah. land, like you have your own. Yeah, so like guild. let's say Studs, let's say uh, whenever this platform has a lot more activity and people are going to Studs because he's doing his marketing efforts and the brand itself is just badass. Yeah. Uh, and he's getting a lot of user traction. But let's say like a year down the line, he wants to sell it. Yeah. Should that, that Studs brand be included with this uh, block runner, with yeah. this pack runner? You know, this is the Studs. Yeah, bundle pack, you know. There's value to that, the branding of it all. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah, Anorak is a super powerful marketer. Yeah, and definitely. so he he would have like the probably the biggest guild. Definitely. But um, I see what else. Uh, final. I think the last question is external links. Uh, so we asked that. It's like why limit the world to just within Decentraland? You shouldn't. You should be able to have like web hooks and. I think that was. Also, because like they wanted to a make tweet like, from Decentraland. Yeah, they wanted it like a VR experience, I guess, in the beginning. Yeah, probably keep people in. Yeah, as much as possible. I guess if you if you have external links, it's more likely that they're gonna get like pulled out and like not stay within the metaverse. For sure. I don't know. So so uh, to the community members, we didn't get to these questions. Uh, we apologize. Yeah. Uh, we want to be respectful of their time too, and. Um, you know, we do want to have them back on, like Zavi and Esteban mm-hmm. and those guys, too. So, um, I think that's that's it, man. I think we got that off our chest. <laughs> yeah. Anything, any final words, I man? Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to keep doing our thing. Uh, we're we're going to try our best to provide something that's really awesome that Polygonal Mind is doing right now is mm. their putting out blog posts, like I think like once a week now, of like how to create within Decentraland. This is like actual some important information that needs to be put out for prospective creators. You know, they, they want to know like a, I call it a case study. Like Polygonal Mind is a very successful example of what you can pull off in Decentraland. Like they, I want to bring Toxic Sam on this podcast because he oh, has like, a, sure. he has an amazing story as far as like his studio has grown 
his uh what do you call it like a 3d art studio yeah 3d art yeah yeah like it's grown significantly because of the demand he's he's generated within for his work within yeah. decentraland so like he's already he's he's proven that you know there's success to be had within this world and then he's kind of like laying out his their experience of how to do it so you know future creators can kind of like mimic it they can understand and do it themselves yeah, so we we kind of we need to work on that and use uh, Corv's and Lastrum's ex- uh, experience with like how to operate with the SDK. You know that's perfect because like for example, Corv is the one who built all the games. Yeah, right. So far, and and Crunch, he's the one who built uh, Omniboard. Right. Yeah, and so they're so far the and and, and PRP and, and Stern. I forget how to say his name. Yeah. Uh, so they built houses. Those those are selling really well on MetaZone too. Yeah. So, um, you know, for Corv, like, he's got by far the biggest volume in sales in terms of, like, mana. Yeah. Like, I think he's earned, like, close to, like, 300,000 mana. Yeah. Like, from a 70%, you know, yeah. creator to a MetaZone split. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he created MetaZone 2, but, I mean, he's he basically built the platform, but he's, he's also a creator, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if a creator can make 300,000 mana in two weeks, yeah, you know, I'm pretty confident other creators can do the same as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just one example of, like, what we're building here is really for developers. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we're answering our own, like, question in terms of, like, should we be focusing on developers? And we're actually executing on that. Agreed. So, um, I, as I said, we just keep doing our thing, man. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, that's that's all we can do. Yeah, we're 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 in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we're we're not done with the platform. I mean, there's still so no. many other things that we want to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, the reason we haven't talked about them is because we haven't gotten there. Yet. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's still a long way to go. Yeah, so I guess stay tuned. Keep keep watching. Keep following what we're doing in the Discord and on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, we announce everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, our goal is to be as transparent as possible. So just keep following us. Any little update? I mean, uh, hopefully this. I don't think the podcast will get boring if all we're doing is like talking about updates. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. talk about other things. Yeah, like the pandemic. You know? Yeah, that and like what other things going on in crypto. Like yeah. we definitely want like uh, DeFi integration. So we need to kind of like talk even more about what DeFi is. Yeah, and things maybe, like ma- dude, we should have Compound Finance on the podcast. It would be great. Yeah, maybe they could sponsor the yeah. pot too. Yeah, totally. I mean, it makes sense, right? So then yeah. for them, yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, hopefully, Federico uh, re- relays the uh, that idea you proposed to him. Yeah, a no loss sponsorship. I mean, yeah. dude, we gotta populate that. We gotta we gotta like coin that and like mm-hmm. you know actually deploy that concept a no loss sponsorship. Yeah, like I, I'm hoping the the Central Land team understands like how valuable that is because. If, if if they're looking to increase, you know, user retention or, like, activity, yeah. the only way to do that is to create, like, a... Incentives. Yeah. Incentive structure. And, like, right now we have the the infrastructure laid out within Decentraland. It's only going to continue to grow. Well, what we need is is uh, more incentive. Yeah, that's right. You know, bigger pot sizes, bigger rewards. And, and if there's a way to achieve that without anybody losing any money, in the, you know... Yeah, I mean, I think... And you're strengthening the DeFi ecosystem yeah. in return? In the, in the game. Come on now. Plus, in a decentralized world? Yeah. I mean, decentralized yeah. finance in a yeah. decentralized world? Dude, the marriage couldn't even been written better than that. <laughs> it's true. I mean, so we, we need to do that. Decentraland, I think they need to figure out a way to, like, support community members 
in different ways in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And one way would be decentralized finance. This this announcement that the DeFi community made about their their initiative to integrate in gaming, what are they looking for? Like an actual? I I need to like you know yeah, comb do some that more with, investigation. Yeah, right? just uh, just figure out like exactly what they're talking about. Maybe we'll talk about that on the next podcast. Then yeah, we'll start sure. we'll start bouncing ideas around. Yeah, because we got to execute on this. If these opportunities are are coming up, we just have to like yeah, execute. I agree. Yeah, we can't just let this one slide yeah. by. I feel no, like. absolutely not. Absolutely like I said, because we we literally just we just told you know we have uh, the infrastructure laid out, then then we should be able to prove that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. And then once Decentraland sees that, then yeah, they should take advantage. I agree. All right, guys, thank you for watching. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Block Runner and uh, join MetaZone, uh, deploy some games, and uh, you know we'll be back here in in about a week if. Uh, if they let us go outside. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, thank you very much and uh, see you next week. Yeah. Wash your hands. Be safe out there, everybody. All right. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Block Runner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at The Block Runner. <laughs>